Welcome to the Ecom Wiz Podcast, a podcast that helps Amazon sellers to dominate the marketplace. And I do mean dominate. Dominate. Each week, we deliver the best interviews with some of the top Amazon influencers in the industry. This is the Ecom Wiz Podcast. Hey, everyone, it's Rob Stanley with the Ecom Wiz Podcast. And today I have Alex Sklar. He is head of business development at Payability. Hey, Alex, thanks for being on. Oh, thanks for having us, Rob. Yeah, so we, we're, one of the reason we're actually doing this video is try to help some Amazon sellers. We know that things are changing literally day by day, and uh, we want to go over some of the different financial uh, areas that basically Payability can help with. And one of the things that we were just talking about uh, off camera is how, you know, basically people that are selling essential items versus non-essential items, some of them are struggling in both areas. Why don't you start off by addressing that? Like how is payability basically helping right now with people that are, you know, selling essential versus non-essential? And what are you kind of seeing in that world right now? Yeah, uh, and I think that's a great place to start. Um, I think it's on a lot of people's minds. So, you know, for those who may not directly know, we have uh, essential items which have been deemed by Amazon to be, you know, whether it's toilet paper, whether it's, you know, uh, personal safety items of that nature. Um, we have we have essential items and then we have unessential items. And the, for the non-essential items, they're having trouble even using FBA. So what we're hearing and seeing from our customers is people who were 100% FBA or 80% plus FBA are now for the first time entering the world of not having not being able to use FBA's tools and having to self-fulfill. And I think what we're seeing there is we're seeing a little bit of a delay in, ship, in uh, shipping times. And one thing that we're doing on our side is we're communicating with all our customers and trying to get an understanding of why the shipping time is delayed. Because typically something like that would be a, um, a risk indicator for us. If all of a sudden everything was normal and then things are getting delayed three, five, 10 days later. So the first step for us was to understand why that's happening so we can make sure that we are accommodating for all our customers who are having these issues and basically also trying to work with them as well as point them in the directions of uh, services that might be able to help them do the fulfillment on their own and um, essentially just be trying to be as understanding and forgiving as we can when we see something that would normally be a huge risk for us and try to understand that it's not a risk, it's with the times, and make sure that we're adjusting our risk models and our algorithms to take into account for that for who's, you know, for the non-essential items. Because one thing I would say about non-essential items are, with everybody working from home right now, every item is kind of essential. Yep. We just had a customer, a new customer come in who sells yoga mats. And yoga mats are not essential, but her sales are through the roof right now because people are working from home, they need to exercise, if we're all going to be in a stay in place or, you know, in New York where we are, we call it the pause. We call it pause. If that's going to be for another two to eight weeks, we don't even know yet. Taking care of daily home routines, like working out and stuff like that, that is just as essential for keeping your physical health and your mental health. So there's this interesting disparity of, you know, what is essential and what isn't essential. So for us, we want to treat all our customers, you know, the same as best as we can. But when it does come to the essential items, those still selling essential items on Amazon, we want to make sure completely that we are all hands on deck for them and providing them as much liquidity and capital as we can. Because they're really, you know, beyond our medical professionals, there's some of our frontline, you know, fighters out here providing all the goods that all of us need to, 
to survive and be able to work from home and live. So we're looking at all of them as mission critical and making sure that they're able to deliver all their orders by, you know, making sure they have enough liquidity to do it. Yeah, no, that's, that's great information. And, you know, uh, people need to understand like they're not non-essential according to Amazon, a non-essential item, but really is essential web cameras. I mean, try to find a web camera for a decent (laughs) price right now. They're all sold out. Lighting, anything, you know, microphones. We were just talking about microphones a couple minutes ago. Any of those items right now are actually, I mean, they're hard to get. And then when you can find them, the prices are through the roof on them. So, you know, a lot of what we were were talking about, basically supply chain disruption right now. You know, even though everybody needs things that are, you know, obviously food and masks and things that actually are needed, everybody working from home needs microphones, they need webcams, they need to be on Zoom. Well, we're just not getting those in right now. Nobody's getting any of that product in. But what we are starting to see, and you, you did touch on it, and if you could just maybe go a little more into it, is a lot of people are switching from FBA to FBM, and when they do that, there's actually some other uh, financial uh, things that come into play there. Why don't you touch a little bit on that, on what financial uh, situations are people seeing there switching from FBA to FBM and like what I call pick and pack type places. And, you know, sure. what, what are they doing to kind of, uh, you know, ease that uh, issue? Yeah, so I, I think one of the first things we see when someone switches from an FBA to FBM is you're now seeing all the different itemized costs more a la carte. So if you were to dig into all your FBA costs, you can find all the light items too. And yeah. I think a lot of people know that that list can be really extensive. But when you're, when you're dealing with a, a third party, it's now your option which ones you want to take and which ones you don't. So sometimes you could, even, you could save some money if there, were, if there were services you don't necessarily need. But a lot of times what we want to make, be careful of is we want to make sure we're not forgetting to sign up for one of those services that we relied on, like maybe like a gift wrapping mm-hmm. or something like that, that was actually, you know, important to, you know, the, the customer experience of receiving your product. I think sometimes we overlook these things when we have a full unified solution like FBA, that now when we're looking at a different FBM type fulfillment partner to have, do they actually have all the services I was getting from FBA? If not, how am I going to have to supplement those services? And what does that look like to me from a cost perspective? Do I need an extra person on my team to be able to help pre-prep their, pre- their, pick, you know, their pick and prep? Um, am I going to be required to be doing more labels? Am I going to be required to put it into some different type of packaging that normally I wasn't doing? Maybe I was using an FBA prep before I was even sending it to FBA. Do I have to look at a similar situation now? Or can my new FBM fulfillment partner be able to handle those? The, the sad, honest reality with everything I just named is there is a cost associated with all of it. If you need that extra person to help you, that, that money needs to come from somewhere. If you're, you know, because you're doing everything a la carte now, is that going to drive up some incremental shipping costs here and, here and there that digs into your margin? Is that going to create a liquidity issue if you are able to scale the same way you were before? And then sometimes, depending on the relationship, you're going to have a new relationship with a new vendor. Do they want you to put down a certain deposit? Do they want you to hit certain volume limits? Do you have to now do more, let's say, sales in a month than you normally would just to be able to carve out a good relationship with them so you become a preferred customer? And all those types of things, when you have more liquidity in your business and you have more cash flow to work with, A, you're more attractive to that vendor because you're not the only one going over to them. And I think that's what we need to realize. If we're having a conversation three months ago, maybe you can be selective because they're looking for different customers. But right now you're in a field with 
tens of thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of other sellers. And it's become a buyer's market for those vendors to pick and choose who they want. So to make yourself the most attracted to them, you're doing the most work. One thing I would say with that too is this is a great chance to create a new vendor relationship, to try to build a real relationship with that vendor because it is still human nature at the end of the day. If I only have so much bandwidth and so much capacity to work with X amount of Amazon sellers, and I do have to pick and choose, I'm, you know, first I'm going to start with the ones that make us the most revenue because everyone needs to keep their lights on too. Then they're going to look at the ones that they have a relationship for. And, oh, I know, you know, I know Rob's not doing the same type of volume as Bobby, as John over here, but man, you know, I love talking with Rob and he's a great guy and I love what he's doing over there. We'll squeeze him in. Those are the types of relationships that I think really need to be cultivated right now that go beyond money. And it just, it creates, it creates the heartstrings of if they're going to help someone out, they're going to help out their friends. And you want to make sure that you're friends with, with your vendors and your relationships right now. Yeah, no, that's, that's great information. And, you know, one of the things we were talking about uh, earlier before we jumped on the camera was, you know, basically uh, payability is a, a lending company. Like they lend, you know, people money, basically like Amazon sellers and, and other e-commerce sellers and, and more. And we'll get into a little more of that uh, a little bit later here. But uh, what are you finding when people come to you uh, basically asking for money? What are they kind of using that money for? What, what kind of uh, things are you seeing that, you know, hey, I really need this money for and what is it? Yeah, so, and, and I'll put this into two buckets. We'll talk about six months ago, and we'll talk about today. Yeah. So six months ago, almost everyone who comes to us looks for, for, um, for capital for, for one of a couple of reasons. It's usually, if they're selling on Amazon, it's, Amazon is an amazing demand driver. Like Amazon can drive a ton of demand. And the, one of the biggest keys to working with Amazon is being able to keep up with that demand. So I'd say inventory is still our number one use of funds because stocking out on, on, on Amazon can be one of the worst things that can happen to you, especially if you have the buy box. We have tremendous amounts of studies on how being out of stock affects your seller ratings and can affect your rankings um, and can affect where you come up in the algorithm. So traditionally, inventory was one of our, and still is one of our largest use of funds. And then I think with, um, there, are a lot of, uh, there are a lot of e-commerce sellers out there who are using Amazon really to as a marketing tool to drive traffic to their website. You see this a lot with D2C brands, a lot with private label and white label products, is at, they know the demand that Amazon can drive and they want to get their name out there a little bit. And so you, you'll come back to their Shopify site or their big commerce site or something like that. Mm-hmm. For those customers, inventory is definitely a part of it, but we see the, the use of funds is in marketing so much. Now that they're outside of Amazon, they need to drive traffic for themselves. And so a lot of times that's either working with a marketing agency, it's on direct Facebook spend or Google spend. It's about optimizing their website, optimizing conversions. So there we're seeing a lot of spend. It's in marketing, it's in marketing optimization, and it's in making their site really work and perform well. I would say those were the two, those are still the two biggest use cases. And they were definitely the biggest several months ago. Where we would see other use cases is entering into new product verticals, taking that step from being a retail arbitrage or reseller into a private label product and needing upfront capital to be able to put that together. Uh, we would see use of funds a lot of times with virtual assistants. They have a big, robust store now, and they, they need people to run it. Um, and we would see, uh, I, I would say those are some of the main reasons. Now, you fast forward to you know the current times we're in now, 
I would say marketing is still necessary. I would say inventory, especially for those, you know, those high demand products right now, whether they're essential or not essential, there are just certain products that are high demand. You said uh, webcams. I haven't been able to buy a new webcam because I left mine in my office <laughs> and I haven't been able to go back there for a couple of weeks. But um, trying to find a computer monitor is just as hard right now because yeah. everybody's working from home. So I would think that for high demand products, inventory is big. But then there's, um, we're starting to actually talk with some of the biggest Amazon sellers in the world right now. Mm -hmm. And we know some of them, we were talking with some of the top 10 largest Amazon sellers. They've been on our newsletter for years and they're making the switch to actually come over to work with us because these are companies doing millions a month. Some of them are doing like, like a million a day. And when you're a company of that size, you're talking about a company that's doing upwards of a hundred million a year. You have tremendous amount of financing options in a normal environment. You might have a, a line of credit with your bank. You might have purchase order financing. You might have factoring relationships. You might have two lines of credit. You might have a, you know, a, a credit card with tremendous cash back options. Probably have all these different options. What's happening on a macro level is those different financial providers are starting to contract their books. You're seeing and you're hearing outside of e-commerce too. You're hearing all across the board that banks are, are basically dwindling down the lines of credit to, to their to their customers. Yeah. They're not making new originations. They're not pumping new capital out there. So with our daily working capital product, Instant Access, we actually, you know, the thing we do is we turn your net 14 on Amazon into net one. So by being able to give you your own cash flow every day, we're essentially creating a, a line, of, line of credit off of your own sales. And so we're talking to customers now that for one reason or another, maybe it wasn't the best fit that need to have capital. They need to have cash flow. They have large operations. They can't get paid twice a month for just even covering payroll. I think uh, use of funds being payroll, just working operating capital for normal expenses and liabilities. I think right now in these times, we're seeing that as a use, use of funds more than we've ever seen. And for our two products, I think it makes sense for our, our daily working capital product you really you should use those funds for whatever you normally would in the course of your business, as well as reinvesting in inventory so you can scale the business. But these bigger companies, they're not really worried about getting that hockey stick styled curve. They're really worried about keeping the doors open. Yeah. So for them, it's just having liquidity. Whereas for our smaller and mid-sized customers, it's still about scaling the business and reinvesting in inventory. And then I think when it comes to the, the working capital loan style product, our, our instant advance, Really, ideally, we still want that money to be used for some type of growth. I mean, that's what our ideal best use of funds is. Um, I don't know how everybody's using it, but I do know with our, our payability seller card, which is our, and I'm not trying to give a product plug right now. I'm just trying to explain no, the that's product. That's all right. So people know what I'm talking about. But with our seller card, it's, it's essentially a Visa corporate debit card that, you know, if, if you sign up for it, there's no cost. But every dollar that's available to you in your dashboard, which is our e-wallet, can be available on the card simultaneously. Nice. If you use the card, you get 2% cash back. We've seen a tremendous uptick in the use of the card because I think every dollar matters right now. So if they can use this card to get 2% cash back, we've seen a huge spike in people using the card because I think any way they can get any cash back into their hands is, is kind of king right now. Yeah, absolutely. So also, why don't you let everybody know what makes payability different than some of these other lending companies? Yeah. So I'd say, and this is not to be smug, I think this is the God's honest truth right now, is one of the big differences is we're still deploying fresh capital every day. Yeah. We're working round the clock to, 
to we're, we're doing new originations. We're not just servicing our existing customers. We're bringing on new customers every day, which I don't know too many direct lenders or funders that are doing that right now. A lot of lenders and funders have suspended operations, uh, suspended new operations for a couple of weeks. Some have been furloughing employees. Some have been letting go of employees. So I think one major thing we have right now is we are open for business. We're looking at this as mission critical and we're deploying capital. Um, outside of today, you know, normally, one thing that makes this difference is typically e-commerce businesses and especially marketplace sellers like Amazon sellers, Walmart sellers, they typically don't have a tremendous amount of financing options. Usually they're looking at some type of alternative lending. If they're under, if they're below 5 million a year in revenue, their options are even more limited. So one thing that sets us apart is that is 100% of our focus of who our clients are. We're in like a niche of a niche of a niche and that we only focus on e-commerce and marketplace sellers. And as a result of that, we've built custom products that work exactly for them for the types of situations and scenarios they have. A great example of that is our, our instant access product, which is a daily cash flow product. It's technically a factoring product. It's essentially a new modern digital spin on old school factoring. We, you know, we actually got our patent uh, last fall for, uh, we patented B2C invoices being factorable. So I think that's something, if you went to a traditional factoring company, even though they're an alternative lender, even though they may be able to do like different types of stuff, most people can't factor a B2C invoice. It has to be B2B. And our ability to essentially factor Amazon invoices, if you will, and make that capital available, there's maybe only one or two other companies in the entire world who can do that, but no one's done it to the scale that we've done it. Sitting here right now with you, um, virtually, obviously, we've deployed over $2.5 billion in the last wow. four years in growth capital to, to e-commerce sellers. And other companies that have entered this industry, and look, I, I think competition is great. I mean, it's more capital and better rates for everybody because it kind of makes us fight with each other. But no one has done it to the scale that we've done it yet. And so that's what really separates us apart is we're not just trying this stuff out. We've been doing this for years and constantly refining our products and making them work more and more um, for the actual end uses that our customers need. Yeah. Yeah. So before I, uh, we're going to have a special code for everybody here in a minute that basically will get a, a really nice little promotion with uh, Payability. Uh, but before we get to that, just tell everybody a little bit, before you came to Payability, what did you uh, do prior to that? Sure. So um, if we go all the way back, I'm, I'm actually a, I'm a child of a small business. I uh, Fourth generation carpet cleaning and carpet restoration in New York City nice. that my grandfather started in 1944. Um, when I graduated college, I started uh, my own business at 22, which was an offshoot of my family's business doing stone and marble restoration and uh, sold that a couple of years later. Um, from there I've done, you know, I've worked with small business. I've done some consulting, but um, after business school, I, I was in public accounting. So uh, public accounting led me to FinTech and financial technology. And I've been in FinTech on the alternative lending side for a little over seven years now, working with all sorts of merchants from brick and mortar to billion dollar companies to e-commerce businesses, essentially with the same goal in mind of trying to, help small businesses and the way that I try to help them most is by putting capital in their hands so they can grow their, grow their businesses, hire more people and continue to be the life, you know, lifeblood of the American economy. Yeah. That's, you know, right now in the times that we're in, I mean, a company like yours is, is essential, especially for anybody who's just trying to get over this hump right now. And uh, so what we did is we actually partnered up with payability 
Um, hopefully you have the link in the code. If not, I'll definitely put it down in the description. But uh, tell them what they get and tell them the uh, link to go to get a little special yeah. uh, that we teamed up with you guys with. Yeah, and we're, we're so thrilled to be teamed up and, and try to help all, all your sellers. Uh, so it's go.payability.com slash feedbackwiz. And there you'll get a $250 sign-on bonus towards our instant access product. Um, so if you sign up, if you use the link, uh, the first $250 in fees are on us because nice. we want everyone to have a great experience. And really what we want to do is we want to just be able to provide liquidity and capital for customers. Uh, the onboarding and application takes about 10, 12 minutes. So even if it was something that, you know, you weren't ready to do necessarily right now, I would say definitely check it out. That code won't expire. So feel free to use it, but, um, definitely check us out. We have a great blog as well. You know, we try to put as much information as we can up on the site. You know, we're very transparent in what we do and we want everyone to check us out. And if it's a fit, we'd love to talk to you. Yeah. So once again, Alex Glar, head of business development at Payability. And take a look at that link that we just gave you. Again, it'll be in the description. And Alex, I really appreciate your time being on uh, with me on this video. So thank you. Oh, I appreciate you having us. It's, uh, it's more important than ever to get this information out there. Absolutely. All right. You have a great day. Thanks. Thanks for joining us this week on the Ecom Wiz podcast. Special thanks to our sponsor, FeedbackWiz.com. Be sure to use coupon code POD50 for 50% off your first paid month with FeedbackWiz. Again, the code is POD50. Please subscribe to the podcast so you'll never miss an episode. Join us next week for more great tips to help Amazon sellers dominate the marketplace.